Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I am your host, Colt Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys this week for another episode. This week, we are kicking off a new series for the month of February. With Valentine's Day coming, we are focusing on marriage and relationships. And I'm excited to be joined this month on the episodes by my wife, Emily, who is a marriage counselor. And this week, we get to be joined by two of our good friends, Nick and Kristen Lawson. They are a newlywed couple. They just got married in October. They're good friends of ours. They go to church with us. They're in our small group, and we just sort of do life with them. And I just wanted to get their perspective, obviously being such a newly wedded couple, on how their marriage is going and just their perspective on marriage and love and how their faith shapes their marriage. I'm really excited for this series because we're going to have a few young couples on, as well as some experienced married couples, including my parents. So I'm excited about that for you guys to hear from a variety of married couples who have gone through different things and are at different phases of life. I think no matter what age you are and whether you're married or not, I think you're going to find value in these conversations. Also, guys, I am super excited about this. In February, I am starting a book of the month program for listeners of my podcast and my followers on Instagram. I'm inviting you guys to follow along with me as I go through a book each month and each week I'll kind of give you the chapters that I'm reading and post some motivational or inspirational quotes that I find from the reading that week. And my goal is each month to have the author on either an Instagram live conversation or my podcast or both. You guys know we love talking to authors on this show. And so I'm super excited about this. And this month to go along with our theme of marriage, We'll be going through The Seven Rings of Marriage by Jackie Bledsoe. This book came out about five years ago, and I'm just super excited to go through this and get to talk to Jackie sometime in February and have that conversation for you guys. So head over to my Instagram page or subscribe to my newsletter so you can find out some more details if you want to be a part of that. I would love for you guys to join us and go along with us as we read the book of the month. But here is my conversation with my good friends, Nick and Kristen Lawson. So it's always great to have friends on the podcast. Nick and Kristen, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So this month we're talking all about marriage because it's February, Valentine's Month, and you guys just got married. When was it? October? October 3rd. Mm-hmm. What's life been like? How's it? Is, is your life different, better, I guess, since you got married? A lot better. A lot different, for sure. <laughs> What's been yeah. the biggest change for you guys since since your wedding, I guess? Um, I think the biggest change for us since our wedding um, was us moving into a new house and buying a house literally the day after we got back from our honeymoon. Um, so it was just a lot of changes in life, obviously being married and then buying a house immediately after um, our honeymoon was one of the biggest changes because, I mean, that that was just a whole endeavor that we were not expecting right off the bat, um, but we're very fortunate and blessed with. So uh, we moved into a new house and then spent the next couple months. Uh, we, we started from scratch, so we moved out of our old place, got rid of all of our furniture, and then our new house, we just wanted to start from scratch. So we literally had a bed, and that was it. It was nice. <laughs> Big old empty house, just a bed. It's, it's so funny because, like, I met – Nick, I met you last summer. We were doing, like, a just kind of a fun thing over here at the park for the call. Yep. And – I'd never met you before, and I only really seen Kristen kind of at like Spencer's, and I think maybe some other places around town. Mm-hmm. And 
I figured out you, had, you guys were dating. This was like June or something. Yeah. And then it wasn't very long after that that you guys got engaged. Mm-hmm. July, wasn't it? July. Yep. And then you guys got married in October. Yep. How did you guys do this all so quickly? Because we got mar- <laughs> we got engaged in December of 2016, and our marriage or our wedding was December, December of 2017. So we had a whole mm-hmm. year to plan, and that felt like not enough time. How did you all plan this, especially during COVID and that the pandemic was, and everything? That was all Kristen. <laughs> All Kristen did for three months was plan the wedding every day. We came back. So we went to Chattanooga. That's where we got engaged. And on the drive home, I was like, how long do you want us to wait? And he said, please just give us until my birthday. Because I had always said I wanted a short engagement. Because yeah. I'm like, if you know, you know. And Which we knew that we were going to be. October 21st. Yes. Thanks for clarifying that. So I was like, <laughs> okay. Right, yeah. And then I was like. October 3rd? Is that too soon? I said October 3rd or October 10th. And then our photographer, Lauren, she wasn't available October 10th, but she had October 3rd. So we just had to get to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was crazy. The first it night was. of our honeymoon, we just slipped because we, just mean, we were rest. exhausted. Yeah, we just needed rest. It was nonstop. It was mm-hmm. cool. Though. It, it was. was. Awesome. And what, what's been the best thing about marriage so far? Mm. Living life with my best friend. Mm-hmm. I would say getting to see um, each other more intentionally, like on a personal level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long? How long did you guys officially date before you got engaged? Like, when did you guys? Because I met. I it met was about you a year and a half. So, so you guys were already dating. That I, I just had never a met. A year Nick and three though. months. Okay. Yeah. A year and three months. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you guys were yeah. together for quite a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. I think that's like the exact same as us. Yeah, yeah that's about the exact same. Year. It was. It was. Uh, oh, it's August to December. September, October, November, December. A year and four months. Nice. nice. Before you were engaged. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's about time. we just we did not rush our engagement because <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But more power to y'all. So how was yeah. it? So yeah. planning. We went to what was it? Two weddings last summer during COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was it like just planning? Because you guys was it a smaller setting? But people, what was that like? I mean, I, I just yeah. felt so bad for people that got married during 2020 because I don't know. Maybe you planned to have a small wedding as mm-hmm. it was, but I feel like a lot of people kind of had to pare down what their plans were just because of the pandemic. But mm-hmm. um, how did you guys kind of reconcile that versus just the excitement of the fact that you're getting married? Like some people were just like, you know, it doesn't matter. We're getting married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what was what was your guys' outlook on that? Well, in a lot of ways, I think it was a huge blessing, the fact that we wanted a short engagement and it happened to fall during the COVID season because – Everyone who had already previously um, planned weddings pre-COVID canceled all their stuff. So mm-hmm. venues were available, photographers were available, um, florists were available. So everything was almost all completely available just because they were like, "We need the business." Yeah, you know, everything was getting shut down, and a lot of those small businesses that cater to weddings, um, they they just needed some business. So. It was really nice and easy to be able to try and find places very quickly that would work with us. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a blessing in a beautiful way. And then in, in another way is we loved the fact that we had to keep it small. Um, so the venue that we had could only fit a total of, what was it, 25 people? 30, plus us, yeah. Yeah, plus us. Um, it, was 20, yeah. it was like 27 people total. Start, was it the Arboretum here in, in town that you went to? Or, or it was um, Starfields Farm. Starfield. Okay. Out in Rockfield. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, were, there was somebody else that was at the Arboretum. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Beautiful place here in Bowling Green. I haven't been to the place where they got married. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. incredible. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it was it was really nice just being able to, uh, to have a small, intimate wedding. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we liked. Um, obviously, everybody dreams about having 
a big wedding, and I know that it was huge plans from starting off that Kristen wanted all of her friends there and a whole lot of family, and we both have pretty big families, um, so just not being able to invite our entire family cut out like a couple hundred people. <laughs> yeah, um, literally. <laughs> yeah, we have so much family, which yeah. is beautiful, but um, a small wedding in a small venue really allowed us to only invite the people that were necessary and the people that were absolutely closest to us. Yeah. So it just made it even more meaningful and impactful and just very intentional in our marriage and just our special day. So we loved it. That's awesome. I feel like getting married during a pandemic, you know, like last year, Emily and I have talked about how I feel like during 2020, we got to spend so much time together more really than I feel like we would have otherwise because we mm-hmm. just couldn't really go a lot of places. We couldn't do a lot with other people. And so, it, I mean, I don't want to say it forced us to be together because, I mean, we wanted to be together, but I guess right. we got to, we got to be together a lot more. Yeah. Um, for you guys starting off your married life during a pandemic where that is kind of like just by nature, you can't really do a whole lot else other than be together. How much has that benefited you guys to start off your marriage that way? Because a lot of people are looking at the pandemic. Obviously, it, there's a lot of negative things to it but i feel like at least for us the fact that we've been able to spend so much time together has been a really big blessing from that yeah well for us both of our jobs were not work from home options at the time so we i mean we didn't really get that like we didn't get to work from home during that but we got to be intentional with our time from coming home from work which was really cool Mm -hmm. so having like date nights at home and stuff was super special to start off that way because that was um, some really solid advice that we got was to never forget date nights and things like that so we do every friday night we go out oh is it friday saturday we need to think of that yeah yeah ours are are very sporadic and random (laughs) only because yeah our schedules are very different and my schedule could change at the drop of a hat so it just uh it, it varies but we like to do date nights Every once in a while, yeah. just randomly. I think it's helped us go deeper quicker, too, because, I mean, you have to process so much on a daily basis. Even though we were both at work, like we're around people that are being affected by the pandemic in different ways, and not just the pandemic, like life is still happening inside of that paradigm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's been cool. What a, you know, whatever I thought about kind of this series of talking about marriage and talking to couples, you know, Obviously, one of the main things is just wondering like what you guys have learned, obviously about each other, but about your your each other's faith, but also just about like your relationship in the context of, of God and, and the kingdom of heaven. Because, you know, I just feel like this past year, not only as individuals, but especially as a couple, like we've had to rely on God so much. And what have you guys mm-hmm. seen just from that perspective in this past year, both as a couple? Because... I don't know, you know, I think for us, whenever we started dating, I, I feel like our, our relationship obviously has progressed, our faith and the growth together has progressed. Um, when you think about kind of the start of your relationship to where it is now, given the fact that we've gone through a pandemic and other things in the past year that have kind of been pretty significant for everybody, whether that was the racial justice stuff, obviously we had a pretty contentious election. A lot of those things I think cause mm-hmm. growth with, with couples. Mm-hmm. Just whenever you kind of think back to this past year and even maybe from the start of your relationship till now, like what has that looked like for your relationship, both with each other, but your relationship as a couple with God as well? Mm-hmm. It's kind of an abstract question, but no, I'm here for well, it. I think that for us in our relationship, it has shown how hard faith is mm-hmm. um, because going into our relationship, we were very strong in um, which is how we got 
interacted with each other, we uh, we started talking about devotionals that we were reading, and like texted each other daily and messaged back and forth just about what God was doing in our lives, and and that got us both interested very heavily in each other. Um, but then as we started dating, and obviously into our marriage, um, you, you know, you start to fall off on that because life starts happening, and um, I feel like not just your relationship with each other but your relationship with God one-on-one kind of does its own thing and you know it's it's like any other relationship sometimes it's faded and you don't pray but maybe once or twice a week and then sometimes it's really really strong faith and you're down on your knees every night you know Um, but I think it has just shown that faith is really a hard thing to have and to be consistent with which is why I have loved having a marriage where we can lean on each other in that. Because there's been so many moments where I have gone through something or I'm going through something or I have to approach something that I know is going to be a tough and a hard conversation and I just don't know how to do it. And she'll just grab me and pray. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful things that I can see. And vice versa. I can tell whenever she's going through something and whenever she's got something that's heavy on her heart or just heavy laid in her mind, I just know that that's God telling me, hey, grab her, be a husband. Just grab her and pray. Like, you don't have to have the right words to say, but faith is hard, and you just have to have it. Yeah. So, like, have it with the one that you love. If you want a strong marriage and a strong faith in God, it's like, faith is hard. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. I love that so Nike much. Commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Nike. Just do it. <laughs> just do it, yeah. I love that approach, yeah. though. Like, so Greg Farrell married us, and mm-hmm. one of the things, if you've ever talked to him about marriage, one of the things you'll hear him say a lot is, marriage is not hard life is hard Mm -hmm. and he talked about that i think he was the first person that i have ever heard say that because you hear part of the reason why i wanted to talk so much about marriage on this on this podcast this month too is kind of to address this next point is you hear so many people especially young people when they get married a lot of older people will tell them how hard marriage is and that is all and i and i before i can never figure out why that bothered me so much but when greg phrase it the way that he did, I, I realized, you know, we're we're kind of clouding young people's minds about marriage Absolutely. before they even enter it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, and it's not to say like this is going to be a cakewalk. Obviously, like yeah. it's, no, but it's, 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 it's definitely starting off in a negative perspective. Yeah. Though. That's for sure. And I don't see the benefit of it because the way that he puts it, like life is hard. And so the things that you deal with that are hard, people conflate it as mm-hmm. marriage being hard because mm-hmm. you're with somebody, but those things were going to happen whether you were married or not. Yep. Right. But now, like I get to, like you're saying, I get to bear those with Emily, and mm-hmm. I get to bear her problems as well. And mm-hmm. there are so many things that we've gone through since we've been married that I don't think that I would have wanted to try to go through those by myself. Yeah, and I feel like she sure. could say the same. Well, I mean, there are a lot of difficulties that come with being married, but it's not the institution or the covenant of marriage itself that makes them difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's when people have that misconstrued is thinking that it's that relationship that creates the difficulty rather than allowing that to be a place to foster intimacy or closeness. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. and I mean, we've seen that, like Cole and I have, um, you know, things in this world and in our relationship and frankly from the enemy, you know, trying to create division and trying to create difficulties in our marriage. And we have to do basically like what we were just saying, you know, you have to rely on your faith and rely on friends and people Mm -hmm. to keep you accountable Mm -hmm. and wise, um, wise influences 
to remind you that it's not that other person. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and focus back on, on one another and ultimately, obviously on the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's all too easy to fall into the trap of, Oh, well, let me just blame this other person because they're closest to me. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, harping back a second ago to what you were saying about, you know, like, how has it been being married in a pandemic? Well, obviously you only know what it's like being married in a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't have any context or anything else. No other frame of reference. (laughs) For you, it's just marriage. I was about to say, this was somebody who has been married. We were married for like two and a half years before the pandemic. And then, you know, like a year now, um, that definitely adds difficulty. Yeah. I mean, there's a lo- there was a lot of beauty in that, in us getting to spend more time together and then you guys getting to spend, hopefully, some time together mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have been able to yeah. uh, at the initial part of your marriage. Um, but that can also bring difficulties. And it's, you know, I think it's it's very easy to put all the blame on COVID yeah. <laughs> for <Yeah>. everything <laughs> yep. this year. But like you said, Kristen, too, you're like, life keeps happening. It's mm-hmm. not just the pandemic. It's, it's life and there's so much brokenness and so much pain yeah. and yeah. so much suffering in this world mm-hmm. and like we were talking about before you know we, we got on here like people everyone's experiencing something yeah. yeah and I feel like it's all that change of perspective or that the way that you're focusing your your attention and your time and your energy and if you know if you can channel that into your marriage and Use that as a way to challenge one another in your marriage and in your faith, then hopefully that will help you to sanctify one yeah. another. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. you know, like we, we were talking about in our, in our small group a couple weeks ago, just about how it's about making one another holy rather than mm-hmm. happy. That's yes. A really yeah. hard job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A really hard job. Really do that. So what are, what are y'all's daily rhythms like? Because I feel like, you know, for us, we kind of figured out just – kind of ways that we go about our daily life and kind of how we complement each other. And I mean, it helps to kind of know like what to expect of each other. Like I, I'm, I'm really grateful now I have a much more consistent job. Like before, when we first started dating, I was working for a newspaper and I had to work kind of a, a weird schedule and it was, it was fresh. It was tough for me, for us. I'm glad that we, you know, we kind of have figured out a rhythm and obviously you work kind of a, you guys work different schedules. You're, I guess mm-hmm. you're probably working more, normal normal quote-unquote normal hours at the church mm-hmm. Nick you kind of work evenings and that kind of stuff yeah. so what is what does life look like for you guys in terms of like daily rhythms and how do you guys kind of make sure that like you don't let your job or for instance like tonight you're you're rehearsing for worship this Sunday at church like how do you make sure that your extra stuff doesn't really get in the way of your marriage well I know Kristen's gonna laugh at this and um she always says he always says this but i didn't have a tv for six years <laughs> and i think that us not having we have one tv in our house and it was in the house whenever we moved in um that the it, previous owners left it yeah the previous owners left it it is in our guest bedroom and we never watch it wow and i think that's one of the biggest contributing factors to forcing us to communicate. That's so refreshing to hear a young couple say that. Yeah, you're not going to hear many people. Uh, yeah. Cole would never. Oh, uh, excuse me. You watch way more Netflix shows than I do. Excuse me, I watch zero. Sports. Yeah, I watch. I don't. I watch sports when they're live, but you watch a ton of shows on Netflix. I do. I mean, we do. I do watch shows on TV, and we definitely have a movie night. But it's like we'll grab the laptop, you know, and it, yeah. it's like a date night thing rather than. 
Mm -hmm. rather than or when i'm just like i need to veg out for a little while and not think about all of the things that there are to think about i'll play a show on my phone but Nick just went a whole year without eating pizza as well. Yeah. So this is pretty remarkable. He's got control. I mean, this is a pretty (laughs) remarkable look into some self control. No pizza for a year. You've got a TV just in your guest room. You rarely watch it. It's actually pretty refreshing to hear somebody in their twenties say that because you're not you're not going to hear many very many people say that. It's his favorite thing to let people know. (laughs) I just it it just comes up in conversations whenever people are like, "Well, what do you do with your time?" Mm -hmm. You know. I don't know. My sister, she came over to our house and she was hanging out and she's like, so y'all really just sitting here and talk, huh? Because she's like <laughs> looking around and we're like, yeah, we just hang out. Mm-hmm. I mean, like at the end of the day, all we have to do is check in with each other because mm-hmm. I'm usually working from like nine to five or six and then he won't be home until eight or nine or later, really, sometimes. Depending. On so it's day. like. Can we come home and talk to each other about our days? Yeah, I mean, and obviously sure. we're talking throughout the day, but it's mm-hmm. our days time to check in. Yeah, that's awesome though. Because yeah. Nick, does your schedule change each week? Like, do you mm-hmm. do you usually have the same days off, or is it kind of just whenever? Nick's the GM of Donato's Pizza, everyone. So that's um, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Should we say? Yeah, what Nick. They do? Nick, <laughs> Nick is the manager here at Donato's Pizza, which yeah, by the way, has been a great sponsor of this podcast. Go get your Donato's Pizza. <laughs> hey, if you like, if you want pizza, get some good pizza. Yeah, If you're not going a year without it, for sure. Um, so yeah, my schedule is very sporadic, um, and it's kind of it, it's it's a huge blessing because I don't have exact specific hours that I have to be there. Yeah, um, it's like I show up when I'm needed, so I'm there early in the mornings trying to figure out what I need to do for the day to get the day rolling. Um, I try and get in there and help as much as I can with getting the store open, doing pre-top and just being there for my employees. Um, and then I typically do stuff throughout the day. If I'm not the manager that needs to stay there during the rush and somebody, another manager needs to leave, um, then I typically go and do errands and um, just try and do some other stuff extracurricular outside of the day. Like the other day, um, I came home and played guitar for about two hours and then went <laughs> back to work. And uh, it was beautiful. Yeah. And I needed that just because I wanted, I could feel it in my soul and in my spirit that I needed a little creative outlet in a little getaway so I went home and I just did what I felt like would be a great thing to just clear my mind and just be a great creative way for me to um, just rejuvenate yeah and then I went back to work and um, you know I was right back and being the happy exuberant person that I normally am sorry Um, but yeah my schedule is always different and I love it because I get to be there with my people. It's yeah. like I know whenever we're going to be busy, I'm going to be there. I know whenever we're slow, I can be there, but I can also leave and leave it up to them and, and, and trust in them and let them know that like I believe in you. Y'all yeah. got this. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, this show, mostly it, the focus of it is kind of talking about where faith and creativity intersect. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I haven't really – I mean, I, I obviously I've thought about it and talked about it, but not a whole lot is just like how in the in the midst of our busyness, kind of having that little creative break can rejuvenate us. And, mm-hmm. you know, you both I would consider to be creative people. I mean, how like how, how important is that? I mean, just kind of expand on that. Just being able to like you have you, you play guitar, you're very musically inclined. You've also got the side project of the clothing company where you get to be creative mm-hmm. with that. So you can maybe. Talk a little bit about that too, how you kind of balance that, but just um, 
while we're kind of talking about creativity, how, how much does that help you guys kind of keep yourselves, I don't want to say sane, but like whenever life is busy, like you talked about, you had to go home and just get that creative energy out. Like mm-hmm. how important is that for you guys as people and as humans just to like have that as part of your life? Because I know for me, like I get in moods where I just have to write. I just have to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you can't let the creative energy out, it gets really frustrating. So um, just how important is that for you guys individually and I guess kind of as a couple? Uh, I think that it's really important for me because it allows me to grow. And that and that's something that I want to do daily. So like whether I'm – one of my daily routines, uh, I get up early in the morning and work out most of the time. Um, and then I come home, shower, and I like to read. I typically either go to the office or I'll stay at home and sit in, sit in our own office. And uh, I like to read. And what that does is it kind of starts me off on the day with my mind already thinking of different ways. Depending on the book that I'm reading, um, it, it just gets me thinking, what can I do today to try and bring somebody happiness? What can I do today to change somebody's life inside that restaurant? What can I do today to change one of my employees' life and make them happier? You know, How can I make them better? Um, so my mind is always kind of starting and rolling early in the morning, trying to figure out what I can do creatively to be able to try and just help somebody or better someone in another way. And I think that's super important for me um, in just growing because I, I, I want to be a better leader for people. And I know that one day God is going to put me in a, an even bigger and better position just to lead an immense amount of people. And I can't wait for it, but I know that it's in these times of my life right now and in the small moments that God's saying, take your time, dive into these people, use that creative outlet to, to help them, to grow them, to change them. That's awesome. I love that. What about you, Kristen? Um, well, I work with children for the church. Mm-hmm. So I get to be very creative in the ways that we serve the children as a blessing. So I get to express that in very different ways while at work. Um, but when it comes to how I best connect with God, I'm similar to Emily in that I can't. Like, I have to do it. Yeah. Um, I just have to. And Bible journaling is also something that brings me a lot of joy. And learning calligraphy and things like that. So that is my best way. Um, I, like on Sundays, what it looks like is I help lead children's worship. And then I have um, kind of like a church crew. So I literally get to dance around church. Literally in the morning. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's really awesome. So I just get to think of creative and fresh ways that resonate with kids because, I mean, even though we were kids, it's like, I don't want to be in church and I don't want to be leading at church. <laughs> and they might say that about me, but, like, we're trying to make it more relevant to them to where they feel seen and it's not just like, oh, I feel like this is something I have to do. Yeah. So I get a lot of different creative outlets, but when it comes to connecting with God, I think I am the best at it. That's awesome. Yeah, it, Nick, you were talking about just like the waiting and having to wait on stuff. And that's something that I have, have been thinking about and writing about for quite a while. And um, obviously, it's kind of a, an interesting topic to ask you because you guys got married so quickly. But what does that look like just in terms of like patience and waiting on God for you guys just as, as a couple? Because there's things that we all want as a couple in life that in our, in our lives together as a couple that it doesn't come right whenever we pray for it or ask. Mm-hmm. And I think waiting yeah. on those things together, you know, like there, like Emily and I just um, at the beginning of January sat down 
to do some budgeting for this year and to really, really sit down and think about like, how can we pay off some debt? How can we be more intentional with our money? And for, for me, like financial stress has always been the biggest stressor for me. And like waiting on certain things to happen financially has been very hard for me. Like I've always wanted, you know, to be able to make more money just like anybody else. But like waiting on things like that has been really stressful for me, but it's been nice to be able to budget as a couple. What? Keep going. What? <laughs> you're gonna say something. So I don't, no, you're fine. But um, like it's just been very. It's that's been a hard thing. But like mm-hmm. for you guys, like what does that aspect look like of waiting? And you mentioned how earlier, like faith can be hard, but it's like that's what we're required to do as Christians. Mm-hmm. And I think waiting on God is such an act of faith and trust in Jesus. I think one place where I have waited that I have seen faith be such a strong backbone of why I was waiting um, was the season between when I graduated college, which was in December of 2018, and then whenever I met Krista, which was in early 2019. Uh, I was standing behind the counter of Donato's, and she walked in. And uh, for that entire season, my plans whenever I was in college, I was saving up to buy a van because I wanted to buy a van travel out west and play music and that's that's what i wanted to do i was like i want to go busk on the streets i want to go play in coffee shops i want to play bar gigs like i just wanted to go play music that's just what i wanted to do um and i was at that time i was playing like three gigs a week in college and then i got a job at donato started working there graduated and i was about to go buy a van literally had the money saved up for it and god was like just stay at donato's and i was like why you want me to make pizza (laughs) it's like i don't get it but I stayed there and just kept working at Donato's uh, for a good year and a half. And then this beautiful woman, which is now my wife, walked in the door and God showed me why you wait in places you, you're, places where you're unfamiliar, in places you don't feel like you should be, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, my thought process was, I know that I'm made to do something creative and that God has given me talents and abilities for a reason. So I knew that I had to go do something and I was like, Making pizza is just not it, you know. But he put me in that position to let me know, like, you have to wait on me to act in your life. And he did that through bringing uh, Kristen into my life just at Donato's. And then I've also seen through waiting that he's put me in different positions. You know, I I started off working at Donato's just at the front desk, taking people's orders and just getting people's refills and just up there being myself and just being friendly to people. And then... Um, I got to the back and I just started learning more and I just wanted to learn everything I could in the kitchen and that led to me being a manager and then I was a manager for about a year and a half and then here I am. I became the GM of Donato's and it's all through just a waiting process that allows growth. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the keeping just that, trusting what God was doing. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And being present where you mm-hmm. are too. Exactly. That's a hard thing that we struggle with. I know me personally. Yeah. Like being present where I am and mm-hmm. wanting something else and being content with where yeah. I am right now. Mm-hmm. It's like God won't give you the next thing if, if you if you can't handle what you have now. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and that's something really beautiful that I, I, I've learned through the waiting process of just keeping the faith and staying at Donato's. And obviously there's other blessings to that. Like obviously the owner, Spence Sheldon, one of my best friends, he was one of the biggest reasons why I grew in my faith in Christ. And mm-hmm. he just kept me curious and asking questions like, why are you a young cool dude that also loves God 
because before that I was like, I don't know anybody that's like slightly not weird, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's just not like a Jesus freak, yeah. you know, cause before that I, I didn't have a strong faith in God whatsoever. And, um, I think God put me into the Nottos one to be able to find my wife there one day, but two, to be able to grow my faith and to have somebody there that was pushing me and making me curious, just saying, why, how, how can I get that relationship with Jesus? That's you know? awesome. Mm-hmm. We had a, a mic issue, and you were sharing a great story when the mics cut out. You were talking about how, I guess, Kristen had been praying for a husband. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. can you share that story just about like how that plays into this whole waiting? And Kristen, maybe you can even share it from your perspective as well. So I, um, a little backstory about me is I didn't um come to know Christ. I like grew up in a Christian background or like a Christian town. But I didn't come to know Christ until I was it was in 2015, so 21, 22. You don't know. Okay, anyways. <laughs> so prior to that, I was always like I'm never going to get married. Like mm-hmm. the idea of spending the rest of my life like bound to one person sounded miserable. <laughs> Honestly, it did. And I mean, I went on the world race and it was on the world race in 2017 that my heart was just like, like my heart's cry was like, wow, I would be an incredible wife. I would be an incredible mother. So it became a super intentional prayer for me. And uh, I mean, like, I mean, I was kind of boy obsessed. I'm not going to lie. It was probably not that (laughs) great. Um, but I wasn't dating anyone or anything. And I went for three years where I was just like intentionally praying for a husband. And then I was dating someone else. And almost immediately in our relationship, I was like, you're not who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. I hope, um, I said, I hope I didn't mean to say that, (laughs) 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 but I, I was like, it was the first time, though, that I had ever been like, hey, I'm, I know I'm not going to marry you, so I don't mm-hmm. think that this relationship should continue. Um, and then, because I could not stop thinking about Nick. So it was just like a super crazy season of like, <laughs> looking back now, seeing and processing my feelings through that, being like, wow. Like on our first date, I was like, I could spend the rest of my life talking to you. Because our first date was a picnic at Karyakas Park. Awesome. So I was, and we talked for like four, four or five hours. Sitting out in the sun. And I was sun. like, I want to talk to you nonstop for the rest of my days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sat there and talked for so long. Yeah. That's we would have awesome. talked longer if I hadn't had to go to work. <laughs> but when Nick met, that was the story. When Nick met me, I was dating someone else, so he had to wait. So that was a season mm-hmm. of waiting because he he was yep. praying, Lord, if. I can't get her out of my mind. I don't know what you were praying. I wasn't there. No, I actually, um, so we met that day. We started off a conversation. You said something about the tattoo on my arm. And mm-hmm. then I talked about the tattoo on your arm. And you had just gotten it. So you gave me the card of the guy that gave you the tattoo. Yeah. I didn't even catch your name that day. I don't think you <laughs> I didn't asked get yours. the Donato story. Yeah. This is the Donato story. Yeah. So I walked that. into okay. Donato's to get pizza for my dad. Yeah. I'm standing behind the counter. She walks in. Okay. I was like, welcome to Donato's. He's got, <laughs> he's got um, a really cool tattoo of a pine tree. Yeah, I have a pine tree on my arm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's um, underage. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. Um, so she asked me about this tattoo, and I asked about her. She gave me the card of the guy who had just done it. Um, and then we went on about our days after she got our pizza and left. Didn't catch her name. 
She didn't get mine, nothing. So I went home that night with that dude's card, looked up his Instagram, scrolled until I found a picture of her tattoo, clicked on her Instagram. This was like some deep, creeping, weird stuff. <laughs> Um, and then, and then I saw like one of her last posts was, uh, with the guy that she was dating and I was like, oh man, she's in a relationship. I was like, I'm obviously not going to pursue that, but I don't know why I just felt it in my heart to pray about it. So I was like, God, if she's the one, let her be the one, mm-hmm. you know? And then nothing else. I didn't think about it. Um, and then about a month and a half or so later, I walked into Spencer's and she was standing behind the counter working. Mm-hmm. And I, I had and I had not yeah she worked at Spencer's before she started working at Crossland, um, but I didn't know that she worked at Spencer's. So I walked in there, but saw her those again. Like the coffee shop, not yeah. the uh, gag gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Thank you for clarifying. Spencer's oh, really important yeah. there. Spencer's coffee shop, yeah. the great coffee shop. <laughs> They're <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> not, not, not we get phone calls yeah. asking that too. Yeah, <laughs> she went from Spencer's to church. All right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> talk about faith change um, so yeah she yes. worked at Spencer's coffee shop and I walked in there and saw her working behind the counter and uh, I was after like, I saw him that time I could not stop thinking about him and I was in a relationship so that's when I knew that it wasn't going to work Yeah. But anyways sorry and then from there we just I actually asked for her name that day and we started just talking randomly from yeah. there platonically obviously mm-hmm. but yeah Every time I started going to get more coffee, mm-hmm. more often, yes, to did. say the least. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go tomorrow. I'm gonna go the next day. I'm gonna go the next day. And then when me and that guy, your bank account probably yeah. like mine does. Yeah, for Spencer, sure. Spencer, Spencer, yeah. Spencer. yeah. Mm-hmm. It sure was. You're right. I sure was. It was investment. God said, you ain't you ain't gotta go on the road no more. You're gonna stay here. That's why you were banking all that money. You just didn't yeah. know exactly. Yeah. To go to Spencer, exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. I was gonna ask, like, your guys' perspective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna ask, like, as to how, like, both of your perspectives on that day. I didn't realize that you were dating somebody whenever yes. you met Nick. Yeah. So, yep. mm-hmm. so I think you kind of shared a little bit about this about this earlier. But when was the moment that you knew that that other relationship was not gonna work, and when did you know that Nick was who you wanted to pursue? So Nick. After he realized I worked at Spencer's, he came in all the time. <laughs> and, like, he was never flirty. Well, he has a flirty personality, but he was never, like, like, he never asked me out on a date or anything. Well, Did you ever go when she, and, and she wasn't working, and, and then you were just like, oh, dang, he's not there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would go and be like, I guess I'll sit down and work on my laptop. <laughs> I guess I'll actually have to do some, some work on... On something, on I guess something. I'll fake it. Like but that. whenever mm-hmm. he started coming in so frequently, and I mean, we were just talking like he was any customer there, but I could not shake just like a feeling, you know? And I was just like, this guy, like I should not be in a relationship and have any thoughts about a stranger that I literally know nothing about. Like, cause I didn't creep him. Cause I mean, I was in a relationship, so I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> but um, so then I just was like, this is not right. Like, I know that this isn't the person and that wasn't inspired by him. I had already had those feelings, but you know, and when you're praying like Lord reveal if this is the person, cause I was so strong about wanting to be married. Um, so that like further solidified, like, okay, even if it's not this guy, I shouldn't feel this way. Um, and it was kind of shortly after, um, 
and weirdly, but I slid into his DMs like almost immediately. <laughs> I was like, I'm single, Nick. What was the message? Do you remember what it said? Can, can you share? Well, we were so we actually had been she posted. Jesus. Yeah, so she posted uh, yeah, on her was. story like, of um, Jesus, Jesus calling, calling yeah. which is a devotional. Yeah. Um, and I had never seen that before, so I was just scrolling through Instagram stories, saw hers, messaged her. And said, what is this book? And then she told me what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like I always get this next step wrong. Yeah, he always messes it up. So you <laughs> got that book. He was like, I'm going to go get it. And I was like, me too. So I went and bought it. And then I went mm-hmm. to Donato's with a friend. And I had it. And he was like, oh, he really went and bought it? And I was like, yeah, I'm a woman of my word. I said I was going to go get it. And <laughs> was he was like, like oh. Did you go to Donato's so that he would see you? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so she said I came into Spencer's all, all the time. And at one, at one specific time, she came to Donato's three times in one day. <laughs> she just went, I was lovesick. I don't know. We didn't have cauliflower crust yet. crust back oh, then. Okay. Yeah. We didn't even have it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when I thought he was friend zoning me. Yeah, so she actually thought I was friend zoning her for a while. For like two weeks. I mean, let's be yeah. real. That probably felt like a while. It did. Mm-hmm. I was like, is he gonna ask me to hang out or not? What was the delay then? Why did you wait? Like, why did you wait to ask her out? I asked him out. Yeah, Ooh. she did. I I pulled such a Christianese thing, and I was like, <laughs> she. Did. Can I hear a testimony sometime? <laughs> She was like, "Can I hear your testimony?" And I was like, "Sure." So when we met, he was like, "I've never been asked this before. What do you want to know?" I was literally like, "I don't." I was like, "I've never written out my testimony. I don't know what this is. I know the song." I was like, "I was like, let's just talk." Yeah, yeah, literally. I was like, "Let's just talk about life." Because I don't. I asked him like seven questions though, and he was like, "Not gonna answer that one, but here's the other six. Yeah. I was like, what's your family history <laughs> on the first date? He was like, well, we'll get which we've talked about that now, obviously. But That's like the first time we talked, though. We talked on the phone for like six hours. Wow. And then the I next time that. we FaceTimed for about four or five hours. Oh. Yeah. So. It's so good when you're like, yeah, for sure. And all you're like, mm-hmm. I just want to talk to you. Yeah. It's really beautiful, like the the beginning and building of a relationship you're just learning and like mm-hmm. you just want to know so much about someone yeah you never want to lose that it's like you're mm-hmm. just like swimming in ideas of things to talk about mm-hmm. and the excitement is just so pure mm-hmm. and not to say like we don't feel that now I mean, it's different because we've been together for over, yeah. over five and a half years mm-hmm. but like yeah that beginning part of it is just so sweet. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you guys are such a young married couple. I mean, do you guys, are you guys still able to feel like the, the, the rush of like just being newlyweds? I mean, mm-hmm. some people, I hope, yeah. never lose that. But yeah. obviously, like, it, it naturally kind of fades. But like, um, are you guys still kind of in that phase? Because it's, it's only been, yeah. I mean, it's been less than a year. So, like, I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you guys still kind of in that phase? Yeah. Oh, three for months. sure. Yeah. Uh, What's well, been three months? It's been three months. Yeah. It's only been three months since we've been married, but oh, yes, I am still. It feels still... Like so much longer. I know. I know. I know. Why does it, feel it does feel like a long <laughs> It does. We're that old married couple. <laughs> That's what twenty. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. We age, we age quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, I'm still very, very drawn and infatuated with just getting to know more about her. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really cool. Um, throughout the season of 2020, um, with a lot of racial. Um, diversity that was going on 
to see how much it played a part in our relationship. Yeah. You know, because it was really, I think it was a cool testament um, of God just trying to test me and saying, like, if you want to move forward in your relationship, he was like, you got to, you, he was like, you have, I'm going to test you and push you to make sure you know that, like, you have to be for her. Like, yeah. you have to be there for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm still in that same way where it's like I am with her. I back her 100% on anything that she does. Um, obviously, we have disagreements about some things, but we talk through those and we work through those. And it's like every day I come home. And you asked this earlier. Um, one thing that I want to do is just learn something about her every day. So it's like I ask her what, what happened today. Mm-hmm. It's really cool and kind of cute. We come home and we're like, what's three things that happened to you today? Good, I got bad, that from anything. the... Um Five Love Languages book. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got that. I just started doing it because you did it, and I was like, oh, yeah. I love that because I want to. I want to know three things that happen to you every day. Yeah, you know? that's. I like that because mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I struggle with is, you know, as a teacher, I come home from work and I'm so stressed out from just all the different things that I've had thrown mm-hmm. at me throughout the day that, yeah. like, I don't always feel like I have the energy to take on much more. And Emily, with her job as a counselor, also does the same thing. We both talk for a living. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. That's all we do. You come home yeah. and you're like, can we just... Shh. No, so, that's why we have the TV. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, there you go. It's been hard for me because like, my first teaching job at Evansville, I really struggled with this because I had so much on my plate that the last thing I wanted to do when I came home was rehash it all to Emily because mm-hmm. it was so stressful yeah. that reliving it and trying to explain everything again and answer questions about it just felt like too much. Yeah. Right. And so there, I mean, there was a lot like that first season of our married life in Evansville where like we, we've never really had any major fights or disagreements. It's just that like, I, I was not able to do that as much cause I felt like I didn't have as much energy. Yeah. And that was when I knew that I needed to slow down. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's kind of how the idea for this podcast called in no hurry came about. Like I didn't teach this past school year. And it's been really nice to teach and not have nearly as much on my plate because I felt like I was not able to give as much to Emily as I wanted to. Yeah. Because there was a time, and I remember this day very distinctly, like we were talking about earlier, we always go out on Fridays for for date night dinner. And mm-hmm. we, we had gone out we had gone out for dinner, and this was in like April of my final year of teaching. And I was a tennis coach, so we were planning a tournament to go uh, up to Indy. Indianapolis for a tournament so I was having to book several hotel rooms for like 17 kids and also some parents so it was a lot of people that I was trying to find a hotel room for at the same time there was some big conference going on in Indy so a lot of the hotel rooms were booked up I could no that's in May this was in April so um, I couldn't find like any hotel rooms that I needed and it was that was really stressful Um, I was also the yearbook teacher and our deadline was coming up which was super stressful and then at dinner that night this was like the only time that Emily and I really had a chance to sit down and, you know, she just, every everything that she was not able to talk to me about that week, she'd want to talk to me about it at dinner. Mm-hmm. But I was very stressful. And this is just, it, nothing. Emily just is very inquisitive. She loves to ask questions. That's yeah. why she's so mm-hmm. good at her job. But like, I was just not mentally, I didn't have the capacity <clears throat> for it. And then she was also wanting to, we were booking a flight to Florida for vacation that year. And it was like, just, it was too much for me. Mm-hmm. And at dinner that night, I just like, I just started like shaking and just like couldn't handle it. And like whenever I get really stressed, I do this thing where I'm like, like I just like start like freaking out and shaking. 
she makes fun of me for it. Like I didn't, like, I just like clam up and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't handle it. And that was when I knew I was like, I'm, this is, this is not good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was just completely burnt out. So, um, I mean, obviously you guys are not an experienced, like super experienced married couple, but what are some things that like you guys do this successfully? You know, Hey, I come home, like what, are, what are three things to know about you? What are some other things that couples who maybe are struggling with communication like that, which I don't, I wouldn't say that Emily and I are struggling <clears throat> with communication, but just like maybe being able to, to share about each other's days. What are maybe some things that you guys do besides that, that also have worked for you that maybe people that are listening could take to their own marriage? Well, I'm huge on intimacy and like, I have to talk, you know, like I have to discuss things or I just, <laughs> he's laughing cause I, he's like, yes. <laughs> cause I'm like, I need you to talk. Like we have to talk about something. No, yeah. I just, I don't mean this negatively. And some couples they're like, I love to go to dinner and not speak. Like that's for me, but that is not for me personally. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I cannot, I never want to be at a dinner table with my husband and be silent. That's just not what I want, but Mm -hmm. no judgment on anyone if that brings them joy. (laughs) But um, I think that we, well, we're still so new. So it's like, we're constantly still learning stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we live in this brand new house together and we're learning what that looks like. We have a dog. So, I mean, there's still things to talk about. We're in an, we're an interracial couple. So, like, my family is affected by things incredibly different than his family right. is. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to learn in that. And, I mean, yep. a lot of discussions, praise God, happened before we got married that mm-hmm. showed me that this was a man I could and wanted to marry because of those conversations happening. Um, so, we're super intentional with the three questions thing. Also, mm-hmm. we are surrounded by great couples. I mean, we're in a life group together, us and other couples, mm-hmm. that has helped bring like great questions to the table, yeah. like leaving our life group We're so meeting two weeks ago. Like, yes. Yeah, so it really part. is. It, it's really beautiful whenever other couples get to pour life and love into you. Yeah. yeah. Especially I mean, there's if so much been, to glean. Yeah. Just sitting in that yeah. room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it gives you hope knowing that like, Hey, we're not the only ones going through some crap. You know? Yeah. Like we're not the only and ones. And not as a married couple, just life. I mean, life mm-hmm. is yeah. incredibly yeah. difficult. Yeah. yeah. Like we're such a young couple and it's like, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. Yeah. I know people who have gone through struggles on their own. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter the length yeah. or the duration of your relationship, being able to have conversations, like you're saying, like before mm-hmm. you get married. I mean, look at what we're all doing. Right. To, yeah. To prepare you to deal with certain things. Yeah. That's so important. I think that's interesting that you brought up about being an interracial couple because, I mean, you know, Cole and I obviously are not. <laughs> so, I mean, how has that been something that you guys have dealt with? I don't want to say that in terms of, like, I guess he's never really dealt with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, how did how? you guys communicate about that in order to prepare for maybe some questions or some things that might come up as you are now married? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the questions that I'm speaking as a black woman, but I feel you like the question, see, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The question that I feel like most, in any time I've dated a white guy, I've been like, so have you ever dated a black woman before? <laughs> like almost immediately, just because it's different, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then with the murder of um, George Floyd, I mean that, I spent weeks just weeping, just... I mean, mm-hmm. 
feeling the impact of it all, like looking to my dad and conversations happening in my family because like I have black brothers and sisters and my dad's black and like, you know, those are just conversations you have in a black household growing up. Like my brothers were taught how to interact with police. Like that's just Mm -hmm. a very common thing in the upbringing of black children and looking at him and being like, we were on the road to, going deeper so knowing that engagement was maybe coming but it was getting more serious and being like hey we're gonna have black kids you know that right like what what do you think about that what does that look like for you and like learning about his upbringing and was race ever even brought up if it was brought up what kind of light was it brought up in and things like that so we learned a lot a lot and he had to have hard conversations with his family that Mm -hmm. maybe like disagreed with Um, certain views and whatnot which was like important for me to see that you know because I mean his family in no way has ever made me feel unwelcome in their home by any stretch of the imagination ever I love his family a lot um just different views happen though you know like extended family and stuff and to see him take up for me in such an incredible way and honoring way and not only that but like give me space to process what it is I'm processing without like hushing it you know, because, like, that is a common thing that happens. Um, it was just a really hard time, but it was, it showed me, like, oh, my gosh, I will spend the rest of my days with you. But, so it brought us together in the processing and in the hurting and still now in the hurting and the healing, too. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big thing for me um, within my faith, um, just relying on God and saying, like, even though we're going to struggle as an interracial couple, I trust in him in him enough to know that I, I, I can be accepting of exactly who she is, exactly how she is, and exactly what she's been through, and to learn her, you know? So I, 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 after that, I, I started diving more into her history, her family, you know, um, black culture, because um, I didn't personally know... Um, exactly how it was to or or how it felt you know just because of white privilege I've never known what it felt like to walk in front of a police officer and be afraid of my life you know um so it was just a beautiful way for me to um just trust in the fact that I can accept her the exact way that she can accept me you know and through that we can grow through hard conversations because obviously there were there were conversations that were incredibly hard to have but that had to happen for us Mm -hmm. to know like you are you're for me like you're in my corner I know that you're gonna have my back in any situation you know and racial reconciliation reconciliation is just such a huge part of my heart and now our heart because we're one and like Mm -hmm. heaven isn't segregated you know like and that is my heart is not to make people see that but to live that out like there won't be sections in heaven where different people from different backgrounds go because mm-hmm. that's just not the kingdom. And yeah. and we don't get to live that out in its fullness, unfortunately, here on earth. But as believers, we're definitely called to accept everyone. I mean, love everyone. Mm-hmm. Literally, it has no bounds. Yeah. So. That's such an awesome perspective because, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't, like Nick was saying, like I've been fortunate, I, and, I, and I when this all happened last year, I wrote something about it, just trying to 
like lament with mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and it was coming from a place where I just was like, look, I understand I, I am a privileged white person. Yeah. And like Nick was saying, I don't have to worry. When I go to the gas station at night, I don't really have to worry about like what someone might be thinking of me mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. the, the example that I, that I go to like as a sports fan is, you know, there's a rule in the, in the NFL called the Rooney rule and it, it, it requires every team when there's a head coach opening, they have to interview a minority candidate. Mm-hmm. And there was an article written by a former NFL player where he was examining the stats about how when this came into play, I think it was like 2003, I think the first year that it was in place, there were eight coaches that were minorities that were interviewed. And since then, it really has tapered off about three each year that have been interviewed or hired or something like that. Mm-hmm. Essentially saying like, in all this time, it's still mostly been a bunch of white dudes that are getting head coaching yep. jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is just one example of you know wealthy industry, but minorities that go and interview for these jobs a lot of times probably feel like they're just doing it so that the other team can check off a box. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're not really getting the time of day. And I that's just an example of something that like I've never had to even consider that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this past year, because of COVID, where we didn't have distractions like sports to watch, movies to go to, we were forced to sit with what we were seeing on <laughs> mm-hmm. TV mm-hmm. and really think about it. Yeah. And I think that was a really good thing for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Now, obviously, we still saw on January 6th that there is a lot of racism still in our in our, in our country that exists sure. and other mm-hmm. hatred and bigotry. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, it's such a great perspective to hear because I just, I don't associate. I just, at my own, like, privileged lifestyle, I don't have a lot yeah, of for sure. racial couples mm-hmm. that I associate with. And I actually thought about that whenever I started this podcast. My entire first season, I looked and I was like, I had one minority person on and it was a, pa- it was a pastor who is Korean. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've got to change that. Yeah. And, and I think what Kristen, what you just said, like heaven's not segregated. That's such yeah. a beautiful concept. I love that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, it's a cool thing to know or, or to see the change um, just in perspective for me, because I think going through that and having the really hard conversations with Kristen um, just because of our upbringing in, being white privileged it's not that we're bad people we just never we never had to think about it you know like i've never had to think about how i felt you know in certain situations because of my skin color right um so it it forced me to change my perspective through the conversations that we were having on my own Mm self-reflection it's like maybe i have never um been a bad person myself but i know that i have never done anything to try and change a situation. I've never stepped up in a situation where I've seen racism or, you know, even uh, bullying or something going on where I know that I could have done something to change it because it hasn't affected me. Right. You know, so it's, it's been a really good shift in personal reflection on myself and knowing that like I have to take part, uh, especially now and knowing that the fact that I'm going to have black kids one day and I can't wait for that. And you're going to be love directly that. involved. In exactly. The, in the, exactly. In the fight against racial mm-hmm. justice now because yeah. it's, yeah, like your, your kids are going to bear that image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is a really unique perspective that like, not only as a white man, did you come to this like as an individual, but then it's also like, that's going to be the fight that my kids yeah. fight one mm-hmm. day. And yep. that's a, that's, that's a much different take than just somebody like me saying like wow like i, I want my white kids to be aware of that but then it's like you're like yeah. no actually mine are going to be in that <laughs> yeah, yeah and sure. i hope to god for that sure. by the time you know your kids are are older 
that we're still, I mean, granted, we look back at the 60s and some of those things are mm-hmm. still existing now, so I'm not yeah. saying yeah. that's going to be eradicated, but I'd like yeah. to think that things There's just going to be a change. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, sure. I, I really felt like this year, and maybe it was just anecdotally with myself, but I felt like there was a, a much bigger awakening. Because, you know, we even like 2014, we had the stuff in Ferguson, Missouri, and mm-hmm. we've had all kinds of other things, you know, in the last seven or so years um, that were, you know, protests and riots and that sort of stuff. And I feel like this year, it just felt like there was, people were kind of like, you know what, we've, we've had enough. Mm-hmm. White yeah. people have said, black people, you know, everybody of every race has yeah. said, we've had enough of this going mm-hmm. on here. We've got to do something. And my hope and prayer has been that that has truly going to be, has been and will continue to be an awakening for all of us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because, you know, it's just, it's, it's just so painful to see what is happening on TV and feeling like that, that hatred still exists today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Nick, I think what you're saying is so true. Like as white people, it's not just like, it, it wasn't that we asked to be white privilege and I never really understood what that meant. Like I was just like, why should I feel bad about being white? I didn't ask to be born this way. And it's yeah. like, no, it's not, that's not what it's saying. It's that, y- yes, you're white and that's your life, but also like it's about being aware and being cognizant and empathetic with those who are not able to live the same mm-hmm. life and the same privileges that you're given and yeah. then taking up the fight with them and being in arms with them. No, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I was going to say. Cause I mean, it's like her battles then become your battles. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I don't say this to equate it to the same degree is that but I feel like for us an example of that with as as close as we can get obviously with us both being white um would be you know Cole is a white male as are you but you know like we as women are in the minority just the minority sex you know Mm -hmm. and it's like he experiences so much that like (laughs) you know we we (laughs) experience something completely different it's like he never has to think like Oh, I can just go to this gas station at night. I never go to the gas station <laughs> yeah. at night. Yeah, right. There's like certain things that I've been taught to do or that you right. don't do as a woman. And like, as we've been married over the years, we've been like, well, why don't you do that? Or like, I don't understand why, you know, yeah. why can't you just go there by yourself? Or like, I don't, why don't, why do you need me to go to Target with you? Just go to Target. You know, yeah. like stuff like that. And it's like, and now I see, like, yeah. and I mean, and now I'm like, I don't even just... want her to go to the gas station by herself at night. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, actually, now that's... you make a lot of sense. I don't want that. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. it's not to the degree or the severity of like the fact that like, okay, when you are a person of color, a person, a black person in this world, there's no way of hiding that. You know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's who you are and that's something to be proud of and that's something to, mm-hmm. you know, that's a part of you. And that's, I mean, frankly, why people should never say like, oh, I don't see color. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's like, I will that's hurt like you saying, for saying like, <laughs> That's like saying I don't acknowledge you. Yeah. Or like I don't see sex. I don't see gender. You know. Okay. Well. um, That makes. Then that's like telling someone who does and who who personally is affected by that. That's just telling them you don't respect me as a person, as a human. What God has made to be that specific. The Creator created all of us in this room, and that has made you who you are. And if I if I say like if I don't acknowledge a part of your existence, Mm -hmm. it's 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 like Nick saying it's very dismissive. It's like Mm -hmm. no like you you embrace and acknowledge mm-hmm. that like that is who you are so mm-hmm. it's yeah I, i've never I, I get what people are trying to say when they say that yeah. but it's not the right thing to say but i mean yeah. it's like like with man and woman you know like god made men and women differently on purpose like to yeah. complement one another and to 
you know, work together and to help one another for specific purposes. And I feel like he's done that with all of creation, like mm-hmm. from race to language to, you yeah. know, just Talents culture to giftings. ethnicity mm-hmm. to everything to giftings, right? And so it's like to diminish one is to diminish all of them, yeah. basically, you know, and it's like, it's mm. just a shame because exactly like what you said earlier, Kristen, like the kingdom of heaven does not look like the kingdom of earth. Exactly. Yeah. Speak. You yeah. Know, it's like, it should be on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And right. It's even like that still with church. I mean, Absolutely. like white church, black church, it's just still a common thing. I mean, like Hispanic church, whatever. Yeah. But it's yeah. like a describing factor. You're like, yeah. oh, I go to this church. Mm-hmm. It's a white church. Or I go to this church. It's a black church. Which is and crazy. I'm like, do you really think God's going to like address that whenever we get to heaven? He's going to be like, which church did you attend? Was it white or black, girl? <laughs> like, no, he's not. Yeah. 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 I think oh, you why... like instruments? Go over yeah. there. Yeah. Not so much. Hit the oh, back. Yeah. Like, as, no. Yeah. He's just. I think that's why it's our job as Christians in our church to, to love on the people around us, to love mm-hmm. every single one of them. And to love them in a way that makes them feel invited. Like, I would love it if we got to a place, you know, a year or two years, shoot, six months from now, where I walk into church on a Sunday morning and I see so many different ethnicities and different families and just different mm-hmm. people in there. Because I think it, it, in the presence of God and in the presence of Jesus, um, everyone is accepted. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So I think it's our job as Christians and our job as just followers of Jesus to mm-hmm. to love on people, yeah. yeah, and to love on people for who they are, exactly mm-hmm. how they are, yeah. not to try and love on someone to change them to our own mm-hmm. ways, yeah. which is what the church has been known for. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we should just love on people exactly who they, as they are where they are right now. I had a pastor on my show last fall. His name is Derwin Gray, and he's a black man. He's a pastor at a church, I think, in Charlotte. <clears throat> he is awesome, and he is <clears throat> writing a book. Maybe he's already finished it. I don't know, but it's a book called basically about building a multi-ethnic church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's something that he's very passionate about and talks about. And we talked a little bit about it on the episode that I had with him. But I'd be really curious to see that book, and it might be something that churches should maybe do as like a small group study, mm-hmm. um, because I think what you're saying is so true. Like that's that's that should be the goal of every church is is to be diverse and have multiple ethnicities represented yeah. because imagine being a minority walking into church and you don't see somebody who looks like you yeah. probably going to walk out the door and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to feel like your church is representing the kingdom of God, I mean, obviously you can be welcoming of all ethnicities and if people may just decide not to go there, but the goal is to be welcoming and say like everybody, yeah. black, white, Asian, Mexican, Russian, whatever, you know, like yeah. you're, you're welcome to be here, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Russian's not a, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, any, any race is welcome here in our church. And I think, you know, that's, I feel like we, Greg does that, tries to do a good job of that at Crossland. I mean, I feel like we, you know, we we have a lot of, of different ethnicities at our church. I'm sure there's still work that can be done. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, just do it for, not for the sake of like being like, look at us, we're multi-ethnic. But it's just like, that's what we're commanded to do. It's not. It's a whole tangent. I could go on, but I'm so inspired by you guys as a couple, though, because it seems like a lot of the things that trip up young couples, you guys like not having a TV and being intentional with your time. I think for me, admittedly, like I I, I have a hard time being away from my phone. 
mm-hmm. uh, just kind of trying to revisit that conversation from earlier. When you guys go out like on dates, do you guys have like any sort of policy about like, we're not going to be on our phones or just like, how do you monitor that kind of stuff just to make sure that you guys are intentional? No, we don't really have any policy or anything. I don't want to use our policy. Yeah. It sounds so rigid. No, but I like, know you didn't mean it. That no, way. well, I'm, I, we don't really have. Yeah. We don't really have any kind of like structure. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We sign a contract before yeah. we go to dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Bow we don't down. really. We don't really have any kind of structure in the way that we go to dates. I think more than anything, um, and I know that I I like to do this in our relationship. It's more like holding each other accountable. Yeah. Um, so it's like if we go to dinner and she spends the entire time on her phone, I'm gonna hold her accountable to that and say like, hey, why? Like, is something going on? Is there a reason like you don't want to talk? Which mm-hmm. is typically the opposite because she's always wanting to talk, mm-hmm. and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but which means there is something going on usually. If I yeah. don't want to. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. If she don't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, what's wrong? Yeah. Mm-hmm, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think it's just holding each other accountable in saying that, like, we have to be intentional with each other, you know? Uh, I think it's really easy in relationships to, to fall into a space being like, well, I'm around you, so you know that I care about you, you know? It's like, yeah. it, it, I, I, it's funny looking at marriage and loving how much it is, but it's also really honest and just saying that like marriage is hard but you have to work at it it's not just something that's going to happen organically and I think love is just another one of those like love is what keeps my passion burning for her but I think it's me being intentional and and wanting to sit down with her at dinner and talk and just Mm -hmm. ask her about her day ask her where her mind is dive into her heart Um, I think that's what keeps a marriage going so I think for any of the older couples you know, that, that give the advice to young people that say marriage is hard. Um, now I, I agree with that. Marriage is going to be hard. I'm only three months in, and I'm loving every minute, minute of it, but life it's still hard. hard. You know, life is hard. Um, you're right. Life is hard. Marriage isn't the hard thing. Um, but I would say the biggest thing with marriage is trying to be intentional and just diving into each other's hearts. Also, as married people, can we just say that sex is great too? Like, I don't want, I don't want to come home and have sex with someone that doesn't want to talk to me. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. True that. You know, like, true. So true. (laughs) Amen. It's It's such a great thing. Amen. So that's another (laughs) tidbit of advice. Keep having sex out there, people. Married people. No, for real. I mean, that's something that God has given us. I mean, God has intended sex to be an amazing thing because he he intends you to have that with one person. Yeah, literally. (laughs) He wants you to marry someone and have that person for your life. Connect your soul with that one person. So, I mean, sex is just a beautiful way of having that. And I feel like... Obviously, Sorry, church. I don't know no, no I, I feel like I feel like church. It's like Christians don't talk about Christians in church. It. Yeah, it's a for sure. Topic yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, like this is a whole other. This could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, conversation. yeah. for sure. But like, I mean, Part just two. to just to give a capsule version. I mean, like a lot of a lot of people grow up in a in a church setting that tells you that sex and anything around it is, is bad. bad. Yeah. Talking about sex in church. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, this was not the case with, with us per se, but I know that there are couples that have gone into marriage and have had a really hard time with that because mm-hmm. in their mind, 
that was such a shameful yeah. thing. Yeah, they see it as being bad. It's acceptable, yeah. so the next day you want to do this. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like purity, purity, purity. Okay, now you. Yeah. Can, it's like we <laughs> need to. Want. And, and, and <laughs> I'm not saying I have the answer of how to, like, approach it per- perfectly, but oh yeah, but also a lot of churches that, don't do it mm-hmm. well. But yeah. that's what I can say. No, that's for sure. Yeah. And especially so, with young women. Oh, I can't imagine, yeah. And I think, and that's a whole other conversation too, but (laughs) I mean, that goes back to like having those conversations before you get married. Mm -hmm. Like, what are your expectations? Yes. What, you know, what are your fears? What are something, what are things that you're concerned about? Mm -hmm. What are some vulnerabilities that, you know, Mm -hmm. you want to discuss? Because, you know, if you do just jump into that and don't talk about it, it can be traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be a point of contention in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's when things do get difficult. And that is do get hard because that is another thing that is meant to draw you together right mm-hmm. rather than separate you yeah. Yeah. and another thing that the enemy is going to use to try to separate mm-hmm. you. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, i can't remember who told me this or maybe i read it one time um being a marriage counselor i read a lot of things <laughs> um but um it's like the enemy wants to do everything he can in his power to get you in bed before you're married and everything mm-hmm. in his power to keep you out of bed yeah. Mm. Wow, I never heard that. That's good. That's good. I, that is really good. I was like, that is the truest thing ever because it's so easy to think like before you're married, like, oh, it's fine. Or, you know, just like to make excuses mm-hmm. or to justify that. Yeah. Blur the lines uh, of where, what's acceptable. To blur the lines. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Or just to dull down any sort of sexual immorality in mm-hmm. general. And mm-hmm. then once you're married, it's, it's all too easy to... Get not see that not, yeah well that that and just to not see it as like what you're saying like it's something that is intended for his good yeah and is intended to be used as a way to draw us closer to each other and to him right mm-hmm. yep. yeah literally. and i think that is not talked about enough as mm-hmm. well as like it's not just something that can be used against or for something yeah but yeah not just like a tool basically but something that it's pretty cool that yeah. he that he allows us to to have. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. this Christian author that I follow on Twitter, and uh, I think her name is Rachel Welcher. I think it's her name, but she wrote a book that a lot of people have been talking about. It just came out. It's called Talking Back to Purity Culture, mm-hmm. and I've not read it. The title alone is intriguing. Yeah. yeah it and it's kind of you said I, that I was like okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I've seen a, a lot of author friends that I've had on my podcast that I respect have been talking about it. So I'm kind of intrigued to mm-hmm. read that book and see like what the approach is, what 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 the contents of the book are. But the mm-hmm. title alone is not not yeah. to, not to judge a book by its cover or its yeah. title, but <laughs> yeah. it sounds like something that's relatively For related sure. to what we're talking about here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think especially in like we said, white church growing up, or any church almost in general, is the fact that sex is seen as a bad thing. I think it's because you look at the act of sex. And especially since it's so heavily, um, it's it's just heavily influenced before marriage. And obviously, like you said, the enemy is going to try and push that on you before marriage. Um, it's that act of having sex that makes you feel like it's a bad thing and it's the wrong thing to do. So that whenever you get into marriage, it I mean, people do struggle. It's hard to do that act. But it's like the intimacy between between you and the person mm-hmm. that that is what god intended yeah it's not like he intended it just to feel good you know yeah and that's why it's mm-hmm. so devastating mm-hmm. when a spouse cheats or when yeah. you know adultery happens because that's not how god intended it to be. yeah, yeah. He, he meant for that to be a sacred 
thing between a husband and a wife or, you know, even before marriage, it's like, I mean, we release like chemicals in our brains that like bind us to that other person. So even Mm -hmm. if you don't believe in God, even if you don't have a relationship with God, like biologically you're being bound (laughs) to the other person Mm -hmm. through that act. Yeah. So that's why it is so devastating when obviously like when rape occurs and when, um, when, um, you have sex with a partner and then you break up. Yeah. Because yeah. a part of you is still intimately bound to that person. Yep. Yeah. And so that's why it's like only supposed to be in that context because otherwise, you know, you're kind of breaking mm-hmm. breaking yourself. Yeah. You're breaking parts of yourself and breaking your heart um, For sure. in a way that God never intended. Yeah. yeah. So it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Man, we got deep here. And I was like, how's he gonna edit all this? (laughs) And put four other couples. (laughs) You can just take chunks. I mean, Uh, you know what you're doing. This will will be its own episode. So you'll live it'll be each week is gonna be a new one. Oh, I see. I see, I see. I thought you were like taking different questions. You get your own spotlight. Let's go. Yeah. So the final question I always ask my guests, so the show is called In No Hurry. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you guys maybe have answered this in, in some degree earlier, but I always love to ask people, you know, when, when life does get busy, what do you do to slow down? And I guess you guys can think about this both individually. Like what do you, like Nick kind of goes home, you know, you're saying play guitar for a little bit, that kind of stuff, but individually, and then also together as a couple, what are some things that you guys do just to make sure that you guys are able to slow life down a little bit and focus on, your relationship with each other, but also your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I like to start my days off with journaling and reading my Bible and my devotional um, all together to some degree. Like some days I only have 10 to 15 minutes. Some days I have an hour. You know, it's just, I mean, it's different, but it's something I have to do in some capacity. Um, And I try not to like be hard on myself anymore about like the time constraints because I mean, the days just bring different things. Um, so there's something, and luckily I have a community at work now where I'm with believers, so we get to have like those impromptu deep conversations at work that make you just appreciate people's lives because you see a part of them that you've probably never known before. Um, so as an individual, I like that. And as a married couple, we like to have sex. Amen. I mean, other things too, but she's her new at this. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, also, and what I was thinking about, because you said, like, what do you do to, to slow down? Um, it's like, we really love taking trips. We love yeah. traveling together. Yes. Obviously. 2020. I mean, yeah. obviously. We need COVID to go yeah. away <laughs> yeah. so we can go. Yeah, just, so, just for travel reasons. I, yes. I, I want to travel. Yeah. Um, cause we both love getting into new environments and like living the culture there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we went to Tybee Island before we ever got married. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there for like a week and, uh, that's down by Savannah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a little cool. island off of Savannah, Savannah Georgia yeah. Savannah for our first anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful down there. But on Tybee Island, there's this little coffee shop called Tybean. Um, and we were like, freaking like locals there after the like fourth day it was so cool and i just love getting to dive into like yeah. different cultures yeah. and di- diverse um environments yeah. just with her 
you're, exactly. you're getting to live out a little bit of what you were hoping to do in the van, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we're That's always trying to plan something. Yeah. We went to Florida for a day mm-hmm. just to that. celebrate yeah. a new Did season you in our life. We what? drove. Yeah. We drove. Well, I didn't so, drive at all. Just for one night? Yeah. One so night. what happened is she <laughs> had, so this was in the period where she was done working at Spencer's Coffee Shop <laughs> um, and had about a week before she started working full-time at Crossland Community Church. I had like three days. Um Three days, yeah, mm-hmm. so not even a, a long time. So we woke up on Friday morning. Um, she said, I just really want to do something where we like just take a break for a second before I dive into this new job. And I said, for sure. Yeah. And sex. And then uh, she was like, let's go to the beach. And I said, all right, well, I got to work all day. Um, I said, let me see what I can get figured out. Luckily, I have a beautiful, great staff. I got some managers that worked that night. I got off work at like 7.30 that night, came home, literally packed a bag, drove straight to Florida, got there about 3 a.m. A sweet um, family let us stay in their condo for free. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. We didn't have to pay Thank for a place family. to Wait, like crash so for five it. hours. We left, we at, left 7 Bowling Green at 7 p.m. About 7.30. We got to Florida by like 3.30. 3.30 in the morning. We slept until 8. Oh, I guess that's 8. Okay. It was yeah. like, I was trying to do the math. I was like. We yeah. slept until 8 a.m. <laughs> we just drove straight to yeah. Hung out on the beach all day. Yeah. We we're went we went to, to a bookstore while we were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a Miramar Beach in Destin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, seaside. But we went to a. Wait, did did you go to, did you go to the bookstore in Seaside? Yes. Uh, what's it no, called? we went to the one in Destin Commons. No. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah. But we did. We went to a bookstore, got a few books, went and sat on the beach for like four hours and just I read. Feel we loved it, and then, and then we left, left like went and got dinner. PM. Yeah, we left, went and got dinner, and then drove straight back and got to Bowling Green about three a.m. And I had to be at church yep. that Sunday morning. And I had to uh, sing. I think. No, I was directing that day. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. It's great. I know. It was a good <laughs> little like twenty four hour trip. We talked the whole way there, the whole oh, way back. Oh, it was so good. It I read so a good. book out loud to keep him awake. She read like half a book on the way back just to keep me going. Yeah. You know? So we it, had good conversation because so the book was so the five good. love languages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that awesome. It was great. That's it was, awesome. uh, that was it's so funny. It was a twenty four hour trip and that's one of my favorite vacations of my entire life. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Loved it's it. like this is how we are not in a hurry. But you were also in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Not in a hurry, for but sure. But it provided up. Well, it's, it's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not like we were in a hurry. It's like we didn't have a, a big a time, big time span. Yeah. yeah. It was like within that time span, let's just go. Yeah. Let's just go wherever and we And it gave us at. time to reconnect. It was actually mm-hmm. really special. And yeah. it was entering the new year. So we were both like, mm-hmm. what are we praying for intentionally this year as a married couple? What are we praying for intentionally as individuals? How are we going to grow? How are we going to mm-hmm. seek the Lord? How are we going to love well? Each other, our community, our neighbors, you know. So it was really cool. That's awesome. Loved it. I love you guys. I'm grateful we are love friends. Yeah. Grateful love you all. Thanks doing for doing life us. together yeah. as well. For Thank sure. you guys so much for coming on to the show. It was a blast. Thank Thanks. you for having us. Thanks for having us. Such a fun episode with those two. I am just super grateful for their friendship and grateful that we are in a life group with them and just get to do life with them each week. I'm just super grateful for not only their perspective as a newlywed couple, but also as an interracial couple. That's just a perspective that maybe not a lot of us can really understand since we don't live that. And I think hearing their heart and how their faith impacts their marriage through that lens as well was really, really beneficial to hear. I also found it super refreshing 
how intentional they are with their time, how the typical temptations of millennials being on their phone a lot, watching a lot of TV, those are things that they don't really struggle with and are, are actively fighting against. And as somebody who has a problem sometimes being on their phone too much, it was really refreshing to hear kind of how they go about that and how they are intentional with their time whenever they're with each other. But again, I'm just super excited for this series. Next week, we're going to be talking to two of our friends, Tyler Lindsay and Dina Lindsay. Tyler's been on this show before about a year ago when I talked to him and a few others from my church about the young adult ministry that we're all a part of, but excited to have him on talking about marriage. He's the worship pastor at my church here in Bowling Green, and you guys are going to enjoy hearing from them as well. Also, guys, again, I'm so excited for this book of the month that I'm starting. Hope you guys want to be a part of that. This month we are starting with The Seven Rings of Marriage by Jackie Bledsoe, keeping on with this theme of marriage and relationships. So head over to my Instagram or my newsletter or my website to find the details about how you can be a part of that. If you've got suggestions for books that we could do in the future for that, feel free to contact me on social media or you can email me as well. All of my contact info you can find in the show notes. But as always, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you find some time to relax and not be in a hurry. And we will catch you next week.